get in a place of <laughs> where you're very much aware of God and less aware of things around you, except for the platform, of course. Uh, I don't know if you got to that place, but I, I sense the presence of the Lord has 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 uh, risen in here. And uh, one of the best things we can do is be focused. And uh, amen. Is it freezing in here or what? Okay, fix that to you guys. Thanks. Uh, amen. One of the see that we remove, we'll try to remove distractions so we can be focused. And uh, if you can be focused on the Lord uh, uh, more than the natural things around you, then you you're, uh, you you begin to hear hear His voice, you begin to see things you didn't see and understand and. And, uh, and walk in the reality of our redemption. Praise God. Amen. Let's just let's just thank the Lord uh, a little bit more and just put our put our focus and attention on Him. Lord, we honor you and bless you tonight. Thank you for your your presence in this house. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, our teacher, our guide, our helper in all things. We honor you. We bless you. We seek you first. We seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. We thank you, Lord. We set our eyes on you. We set our mind on you. We seek those things that are above and not those things that are beneath. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We worship you. We worship you. We honor and bless you. Say that a little bit with me. Just worship the Lord again. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we honor you, we love you, Father, we worship you. We give you that place in our lives, in our hearts. Thank you, Father. Nothing else can take that place. We worship you. We worship you. We honor you. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, we honor and bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bandagesha, bravadusha. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, we bless you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen. Well, uh, God is good. If If you're new with us to a, a Wednesday night uh, believers meeting and uh, then we're so glad you're here understand though this is kind of the way we operate if it seems like uh, it, it's not real planned out it's planned in the spirit you know but uh, we don't follow a real specific pattern as far as what happens in the service and when and uh, uh, this is for believers to go higher you know to go deeper it's for believers to, to experience God and, uh, and and we give place to the gifts of the spirit and the Lord's already speaking here and moving and and doing things like that. And and our uh, our desire um, is just to uh, follow follow the leading of the Spirit of God. And we found that when we do, good things happen. Yeah. And here's one of those one of those things is 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 that God has a difficult time getting through to people who are seeking things other than Him. 
you know the words. Some of you know the, the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, seek and you will find. Well, what if you don't seek? Well, then you don't find. No seeko, no findo. Right? In the Greek. Uh, and very often, listen, so even though you, people might be saved and have a relationship with God and be sincere and all that, if, you, if we get off and we find ourselves seeking other things than the Lord, uh, then we will not find what we want, what we truly need, His will and plan and His answers and direction. And, and the other side of that is the seeking part is a necessary part. I mean, those, those principles there are in place for, for a reason. And, and, and could it be sometimes that the Lord wants to get something over to us? He wants to get something across to us, but we are not asking and we are not seeking and we are not knocking because we've been knocking on the wrong doors. We're seeking things that are of this world and of this life and not seeking things that are of Him. Therefore, what He wants to say, what He wants to do, what He wants to give us, He's incapable of doing so. Now, I know when I say that, if you, some people have a, have, a, have a theology that says God can do whatever He wants to do whenever He wants to do it, and it's just because He's God. Uh, but that's stepped into a dark spot over here. Uh, uh, but uh, but that, that would be inconsistent with the scriptures, okay, then it makes all seeking unnecessary. That's religion that teaches that. It's, uh, it basically gets to a place where you don't, doesn't matter what you do, whether you pray or not, whether you believe or not, whether you obey or not, nothing you do matters. It's all going to happen if God wants it to happen. See, that's, that's baloney. See, you would have to throw out half the Bible uh, to, go in, to go with that extreme sovereignty doctrine. Yeah? And so, here, here's the point. God has some things He wants to say to you, wants to do in your life, wants to get across to you, wants to move you into, wants to move me into, yeah. And, uh, uh, but there is a necessary focus. wondered when that word would come up. Maybe I said it earlier, but I heard, heard it earlier in prayer. Uh, uh, but there's a necessary focus. If you're never focused on, on, on the right thing, then you'll never see the right thing. Amen. And there is a, there are a gazillion things in this life and in this world that are endeavoring to get our focus on them. You know, uh, I mean, it's 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 like uh, um, uh, how, how could I how could I say this, Pastor Doug? Stand over here, and uh, Chris, uh, you can you can just sit there, and uh, <laughs> but if uh, uh, well, you I guess you be God. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm endeavoring uh, in my life, I, you know, because I'm a believer, I believe in him. And, uh, and I want his will for my life and I want to hear his voice. But this is, uh, j- just distract over there. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and, and, yeah. And uh, I'm endeavoring to have my relationship with God and follow his plan. But this is constant. Mac, help out over here too. <laughs> And uh, and I'm endeavoring to. I just worship you, Father, and I just get in. <laughs> I just uh, I just love you, Lord. I want your will for my life. And, uh, and <laughs> hey, how you doing? what's going on? Hey, yeah. Going on? yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but isn't that kind of what life is like? Kind of what the world is like, and that's constant. And really, we could probably put a few more people around, and uh, 
And it's like, unless you stay zeroed in and keep your focus and, and be able to do that, then it's whoop, 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 constantly. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even when we come in, how many know sometimes uh, if you're... Mine's been going a thousand directions. We can sing and it's sometimes take three or four songs or whatever before you even zoom in. Right? And, and if we be honest, sometimes we never do. And uh, but that's why uh, that's why we do this. And sometimes, you know, we have worshiped for a long time in these services. And it's so good for us. So good for us to stay to stay, stay focused and, and zoom in. And uh, amen. And start to see only Him until those other voices get quiet. Amen. I mean, you ignore them long enough. Well, you're not seeking them. So you're not finding them. And you're seeking the Lord. And good news, you will find Him. Amen. I know we're, we are the found and we're not on the outside looking in. But even for the believer, that principle still works. Say, so I already found the Lord. I don't need to seek Him. Well, yes and no. You don't need to seek Him like you're lost. But we do still we're all seeking after something. We're seeking to hear from Him and His will and ways for our lives. Amen. And it's necessary. Yeah. So, well, I want the Lord just to have His way in my life. You don't if you're paying attention to all that stuff all day long, all week long, all month long. It only it, We can only truly say that if we're giving Him attention. Amen. Praise God. And so I'm confident the Lord has some things that He wants to uh, to do in our lives. And of course, that you might say that's always true. Of course it is. Uh, but He has us talk about these things for a reason. Yeah, for this very reason, He's endeavoring to get some things over to us. He wants to talk to you. He wants to, wants to move you in a certain direction. Wants to wants to be the Lord of your life. <laughs> and be real, not just a religion. You know, not just a, a following the rules, I'm towing the line. No, he wants to be uh, guiding you, the guide in your life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you have a Bible, uh, find the book of Psalms and, and, and the 127th chapter. And I'll just share this verse, and maybe, I don't know, we'll see how, we, how it goes from there. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is, is upon me. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful for His direction in these services. <laughs> and this is a good reason. This verse right here is why I'm thankful. <laughs> Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house... They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Do, do you see how we could have a lot of efforts towards building anything in our lives? You see how we could have a lot of efforts towards safety, towards guarding but the scripture said, unless God's involved with it, <laughs> you're wasting your time. 
you're not truly safe and anything you build is not going to last and it's not going to be of value you must have God involved in your building you must have God involved in your uh, in your guarding as the two examples and you could extrapolate from there and really say anything uh, that it is the Lord's plans that will uh, succeed that are of value that are of worth at uh, what would be the the contrast to that well you might you might say well there's of course the devil's plan I mean you know the devil has a plan for your life yeah he set up situations and circumstances and he works sometimes if he's able to get into a family uh, even when uh, when children are you know are young that may have happened in the family you grew up in where there was lots of bad things that you grow up in and around and he the enemy got in and sometimes you know he's trying to get in there and ruin your life and uh, and if you got saved well thank god you already blew the master plan didn't you and uh, uh, but you know he's endeavoring to get people off track and and so you could say that the devil has plans uh, we could also say that probably we have our own plans for our lives yeah what we think is the right thing what what we want to do what uh, what we have figured out or calculated or determined yeah I know one of, one of the things that you know we've always said uh, we, we say to kids to youth we said to our own kids let's see we don't believe this this line that's that it, people think it's real positive but that parents should all tell their kids honey you can be whatever you want to be well I can't be whatever I want to be. <laughs> the Dodgers haven't called me yet. <laughs> now I'm too old. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but when I was younger, I would have welcomed that call. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So that are some, some of the you can do whatever you want to do. No, you can't. There are some things you can't do. It's just outside of your of your wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, someone else might be able to do it. No, not anyone can do anything. But we like to say is you can do whatever God wants you to do. You can, because He's going to lead you in accordance with His plan, and His ability comes with His plan. His gifting, His opportunity, He'll open doors and, ma and make a way and make provision and give you the money. And uh, His plan is a good plan. Yeah? But just to say, whatever you want to do, I don't want that mentality in me. I don't want that mentality in my kids. Yeah, just pick a career. <laughs> pick a life. Pick a state to live in. Pick a... No, just it's all me, 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 my house, my, my way, my, my choice. I want a mentality of of being led a mentality of God has my best interest in mind he knows my future better than I know my past right he knows what's good what's not what's right what's not timing seasons everything he knows I want to have a consciousness built into me built into my kids uh, built into the church uh, that, that we look for God's plan we're always paying attention say well the Lord told me I could do whatever I want in this situation well then do whatever you want in that situation but that's still paying attention to the Lord. Amen. You give him override control. I'm going a certain direction, but I'm always seeking him. You know, not listening to yep, 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 all around. Listening to him. 
Even as I'm going, listening to him, and when I'm doing so, I'm giving him a right, an ability to override, to say, oh, uh, 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 don't do that. Uh, 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 don't, 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 don't go there. Because what's the, what's the possibility? I mean, uh, is that I might build my own house, and it might be in vain. I might work hard, and I might be diligent. I might burn the midnight oil and get up early and stay up late, you know. I, 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 might be, I might be putting a lot of effort into it, and it'd be a waste. That would be tragic. Right at the same time, you could say that sometimes there are other people's plan for your life. <laughs> and sometimes others have a vested interest in what they want you to do. Hmm? And I don't mean that, you know, when it comes to parenting, parents, of course, are endeavoring to help guide their children in the right way. And when they're young, you're going to be there. You're going to make those decisions, right? Uh, but as a general rule, you know, we're, we're grown-ups in here, and, and uh, we shouldn't be following someone else's plan for our lives. I mean, there are probably individuals here, you're doing what you're doing because of pressure from someone else. Maybe, it's a, maybe it is a parent. Maybe it is someone else. And they think you ought to do this, and so you do it. Or they think you ought not do this, so you're going to do that. Well, that's not the same as being led. Amen. So what, what, could, what, could, what could be the, the downfall to that? Well, you might be building your own house. You might be guarding your own city, your own life, right? But it's not truly safe. It's not truly guarded because the Lord's not in it. Hallelujah. Amen. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that that we should be mindful of and, and consider the Lord's ways in. In our, in everything we do. You know, we say sometimes say uh, whenever there's a question arises, we say, "Well, what verse is that? What scripture is that?" Because we we sometimes have we adapt things based on tradition and based on uh, the way we've always always done it and we don't have any any real word from God on it. Yeah. I know this. When when the Lord uh, directs people, I've I found that He will often make connections in life, meaning one relation one person with another, one person to another, or church relationship, uh, different things like that. And He does so. Uh, it is His will. It is part of his plan, and he does so with an intention that if we would follow that and walk in that, there would be often mutual benefit, but there's something he wants to get in one person through another person. Uh, and and I, I, I take the Lord's, anytime the Lord directs, I take it very serious. And, you know, there's, and don't get me wrong, there's times in life where uh, I don't have clear direction on something. And so I don't say, yo, the Lord said. You know how people do that sometimes? They want to act like everything's God. And if they won't say God, then it was just on their heart. Well, you're still implying. You know, they try to put a spiritual spin on every decision they make. Well, I really had my... Burger King was on my heart today. <laughs> well, then giddy up over to Burger King. I don't... I don't know if it really was. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying the Lord couldn't lead someone to Burger King. <laughs> and so if it is, don't, don't let me steal your thunder there. But if it's not, don't say that. That's what I mean. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, see the, I see that the Lord directs relationships. And often they're intended for 
a, a purpose, for a um, for something that's in one person to get in the to get in the to get in the other. Whether that's knowledge, whether that's gifting or anointing and things of that nature. You, you recall we taught recently um, about the relationship between Elijah and Elisha, and how it would have been convenient if they had you know names that are a little more distant, like Elijah and Bob. That would have been better. <laughs> Easier to remember. <laughs> anyway, Elijah and Elisha. Well, what was, what was the purpose of, Eli- of the Lord connecting Elisha to Elijah? Well, you can see God had a plan there. He had to be faithful in everything. He had to see him when he went and had to be faithful and all that. But the intention was that the gift that was in Elijah... And that, uh, that mantle or anointing on him would be transferred and then ultimately, you know, it was doubled. But that, that would be in Elisha. What if Elisha hadn't followed Elijah and followed him close? Well, I would say he would not have had the ministry that God intended for him to have. God wanted him to have it, but God wanted him to get it through the other person. All right? See, this is why I don't, I don't like to minimize or make light of of any relationship that's of God. If it's of God, I know the enemy wants to come after it, to separate it. He wants to separate. Why? Stop the transfer. Stop the God thing in the one person from getting on to the next person, and then whoever else that might be, whoever else Elisha was going to minister in that regard. But to stop that, well, of course you, you can see that how the enemy wants to divide marriages. He wants to divide God-ordained relationships. He wants to divide God-ordained churches. See, if we're, if we're not mindful that there is, and I don't, I don't mean be devil conscious, but just knowledgeable that there is an enemy that seeks to disrupt the plan of God, then we'll be more likely to fall for these things. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul was was knowledgeable of this when he wrote to the church at Ephesus in the sixth chapter, and he he used this language. Some of you are familiar with it. He he said, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places." Right? And he named just different rankings within this kingdom of darkness. But basically he said, your problems aren't with people, it's with demons. It's with these evil spirits. That's where the issue is. And we think, well, I'm just battling it out with this person. No, it's the evil spirit that's trying to work division there. When you know that, and, and by the way, when you... I'm getting all kinds of illustrations all of a sudden. And when you know that, and you know your redemptive rights and your place in Christ, in Christ, it, you know it's not just about working out a situation between someone. You must deal with things in the Spirit. How many Christians are in the world today, they're truly born again, going to heaven, but they do not know their authority in Christ? They've never been taught about redemption. They, it's, it's, it's true, and they don't know that they have the right and they have the ability and the responsibility at times in their life to literally speak up and say, Devil, no! In Jesus' name, I resist you. You leave this relationship. You leave this home. 
You say that with all boldness and confidence in Jesus' name, and that that takes away the root of the problem. Now you can have the conversation. Now you can work out the problem. Now you can have, uh, have this without uh, this invisible influence and force that's trying to drive a wedge there. Let's know who we are. And let's know what we have. And let's understand what we're supposed to do in situations like this. Ha ha ha. Hadimans de Ramalidic. Desh de Mande Eroprutne. Gerenci. Gera Rijat. Bras de Magro. Tende Gela Patimishio. Pofrava de Benzidisa. And so there are spirits at work right now in lives and in the relationships of some here and it is the devil that is causing the problem but you've not known that but you've not recognized it and you've dealt with it only from your wisdom and your perspective and your your position not knowing that the devil was stirring things up in that relationship but now take your stand and deal with it in the spirit use that name the name of Jesus and you'll see the enemy's plans are stopped you'll see that his work will be stopped in a moment and then and only then will this relationship be restored hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord and so it's good that the Lord can sometimes add things to us when we're, when we're not getting it uh, through tongues and interpretation of tongues. Praise God. Praise God. And so again, uh, the enemy uh, wants to divide and separate relationships of all, of all godly sorts, right? And, uh, and some of those relationships have to do with, like we were saying earlier, with transfer, with God wanting to Put, take what's in one person and put it in another, like the Elisha-Elijah uh, relationship. I can, I can remember, and I'll give you, I'll give you this, this example. I'm not trying to make a law out of it, but I'll just tell you how the Lord dealt with me. Uh, years ago when I was in, in Bible school, and, uh, and I was uh, a part of our, our local church there, and, and our church... Uh, uh, there with Pastor Hagen, um, uh, that's where I was. That's where I was planted. That's where I was supposed to be. And if you've ever been to Tulsa, you know there's a lot of churches there. If you think there's a lot of churches around here, I don't know if you do, but uh, uh, there's a lot of churches there, and a lot of them are big. And they're just uh, uh, and, and and good, and some good works. Uh, anyway, we had services on su- Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and I've shared with you some of these things before and then I was in Bible school so I was in church uh, all day and all night <laughs> every day except for Saturday and uh, uh, but on Sunday night you know it was a different service it wasn't a duplicate service it was a different service so you know I, I would go uh, if I wasn't working I did have a job uh, at different times and there was times I missed I don't want to paint a false picture uh, but I hated it <laughs> if I did I did and uh, but I would go anyway one Sunday night there was a uh, a guest speaker in town at another church and I really liked the guest speaker and I thought he's really good this person speaking and 
and by the way, in, in Tulsa, there's always a guest speaker somewhere. <laughs> and it's like big names and stuff always coming through. Your favorite person out there on TV. and they're always, It seems like there's always someone coming through because there's so many good big churches. And, and uh, Anyway, but this one, he was at another church. And so I went with someone else. And we went to this other church uh, to hear him speak. And the whole time I was there, the Lord dealt with me that I shouldn't be there. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, this is good. And it was good. It's a great meeting. Great, Nothing wrong with it. But the whole time, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be at my church. Now you can see how someone might make a lot of that. You say, well, you're just trying to keep, every, keep control of everyone. I'm not doing any such thing. But I knew that I had a God-ordained relationship with my local church. And it doesn't, I mean, could I go on another night? Probably, if I wanted, you know, that's whatever. But when something was going on at my house, I was supposed to be there. And I didn't, I didn't put that off on anyone else. I just, I just recognized God relationships. And he wanted me to be there. And I still don't know to this day what I missed. But I probably missed something good. Stink. I'd probably be a way better pastor. <laughs> anyway, sometimes we have our own ideas. How many know if you wanted to, and in a general sense this seems to make sense, but if you wanted to listen to different teachers and, and preachers and ministers with the Internet these days, you could go 24-7 for the rest of your life. Are you supposed to? Now, in one sense, it'd be like, well, better than watching a lot of things on TV. Uh, but are you supposed to? No. Are you supposed to listen to everyone? No. Why? Now, you're not saying they're bad or wrong or, or anything like that. It's just, are, are you being led? Is, is the Lord leading it? Or is it just someone else said, hey, you should listen to this? Well, should you? Amen. I'm thankful for good things. People send things my way, and sometimes people uh, give me books and different things, and sometimes I read them. And sometimes I don't. Why? Of books, there are no end. And there, of time, there is, and that's a, in the Ecclesi Ecclesiastes says that, but it, time there most certainly is. And so what do I need? I want the Lord to build my house. I don't want to labor in vain. Amen. Whenever you know something's God, stay with it. Stay with it. I mean, you don't break that off. You don't change anything there unless you absolutely are certain, absolutely certain that God is directing. Amen. Everybody okay? Because in that relationship, you, see, you don't want to miss it. When, you don't want to miss when Elijah goes to heaven wonder if that's what happened that night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you don't want to miss when, when, when something's about to fall on you. Yeah. And so we take these things very serious when we recognize the Lord is into building a house. He is into guarding the city. And if I let him do that, then good things are going to happen. Amen. Praise God.
Thank you, Lord. Good things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. He's setting us up to succeed. He's totally setting you up to win. He's not setting us up to fail. He's setting us up to win. And if we know that God is on our side, and we'll follow Him. But whenever it comes, you know, this is just a, just a real important area because the will of, of man, of mankind, often blinds us to the will of God. We want to do things our way. You know, we want to worship our way. And we want to do church our way and serve our way and, and listen to Him. What verse do you have on that? Praise God. Amen. Now, uh, look with me, with me over at the book of Second Timothy, chapter 2. Praise God. Second Timothy chapter 2. In doing the will of God, in staying with His plan, there are some necessary elements that, that must come into play. It says in verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. Is that a suggestion? That's really in a commandment form, isn't it? Timothy, be strong. Ephesians 6.10 says the same thing. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. I'm just so weak. Be strong. So that's hard. No, that's that's uh, that, that means we have the choice to do so. If I'm told to be strong, that means I can be strong. That means if I'm weak, I'm I'm not, no condemnations. I'm not putting anyone down because they're weak. But stop it. Be strong. Yeah. He said, "And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also." Verse three. Therefore, you must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Notice that language. You must endure hardness. Now you think about a soldier. Uh, uh, so endure hardness as a soldier. What, well, what is a soldier? Do some of you are military, former military, just different ones? Uh, you know a soldier has got to have to have some toughness to them, don't they? Uh, a soldier does something... It does things that are not always um, the most comfortable for them their own lives. I mean, if a soldier goes to goes to battle, how many know they're giving up intentionally by signing up? They're giving up their own bed. They're giving up their favorite meal. They're giving up some a lot of comfort because their life at that point is no longer about their own personal comfort. It is about the mission. It is about what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to win here. And we also, likewise, need to have some toughness to our lives. Are you tough? Are, can you endure hardness or hardship as a good soldier? This is something we need. Because, again, there will be opposition to your life. Opposition to you that tries to get you to throw in the towel, to give up, to quit on what you're supposed to do, to run away from God's building, God's plan, God's building of your house, God's protection, run away from that because, well, it's hard. Well, I didn't know it would be like this. This is where we adapt 
the attitude, the mindset of a soldier. And says, this is the way we're going to go. This is what we're going to do. I am going to remain. It's not about me. It's not about my comfort. It's about the mission. That's what a, sol a soldier will do that. And thank God we have soldiers in the natural realm that, per that you know, provide safety and protection for our nation. Uh, but we need some people in the body of Christ who will think this way. Okay. Now, the guy writing that, is, you know, is, who wrote that is Paul. The guy was tough. But I say that, I don't know that he was just, you know, had a high tolerance for pain or was just a one of those kind of, uh, you know, running back kind of guys, you know, where some historians tell us that he was kind of short. Uh, I don't know, was he short and stocky? <laughs> was he just a natural tough? That's not the what I, what I see in this. I don't know what his frame was or his physical uh, prowess in that regard, but there was something spiritual about him where he learned how to operate in the grace of God. And that, that grace of God enabled him to deal with people who opposed him. Now, now look over at, at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you know if you know anything about this passage of scripture, the the former chapter, he told all the stories about his shipwrecks and his beatings and and uh, uh, being left out in the deep and and just great persecution and great trials and tests and so forth that he went through. And then he went on to say, "I'm going to talk to you about visions and revelations." He talked about how he went to heaven. And things he saw and things he heard and and uh, and he had just amazing results amazing experiences with God and verse 7 reads this way second uh, Corinthians 12 7 and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure now, now, this is a, a verse that has been hacked by a whole lot of people for many years. And it's been used to keep people in bondage and all kinds of uh, uh, problems. And, 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 and let me just walk you through that just a little bit because this is, this is some of the, the toughness. This is some of the uh, hardship that Paul went, went through. And, but let's, let's look at this for a moment and see how this applies and really see how it doesn't apply as well. Um, Paul said here, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, uh, some translations will render that in an incorrect way. And, and that incorrect way has to do with maybe you, some of you have a translation that says, where Paul said, lest I be conceited or lest I be puffed up or something like that. That is actually not what that means. That, 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 those Greek words should not be translated in a, in a way where it implies pride. Okay? Pride was not Paul's issue. You, here's the thing. Pride is deception. Obadiah 3. Okay? Uh, when someone has revelations of God, they do not end up in pride. They end up in humility. You will never walk away from 
for example, an experience of going to the third heaven and come out saying, I'm all that. Look at me. Not a chance. If you have a true experience with God, like to some degree we're having tonight, uh, people are experiencing God in a different way. You do not leave a service like this saying, it's all about me. I am all that. And you get lifted up in, in pride. A true experience of, with God will humble you. Paul's experiences here where he had an abundance of revelation, an abundance of, of experiences with God, there was no threat of that exalting him in the sense of pride. Are you listening? And, and as, we'll, as we read down, when the Lord said, my grace is sufficient to you, uh, you know, I'm, uh, we didn't read that yet, but that's, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. How I many know you don't give grace to a proud person? The Bible says he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. See, you can see how just even a translation there, sometimes people get a complete wrong message from this. They say, yeah, Paul was all lifted up in pride, and so, so God gave him this problem to knock him down a notch. No, the Lord was not trying to knock him down a notch at all. The Lord was endeavoring to exalt him higher. That's why he gave him the revelations, and the revelations produced an exalting above measure. Okay, so in, in short, the exalting above measure is, has nothing to do with a, a character problem or a lack of fruit or a pride issue. Exalting above measure means that he went beyond the usual mark. Exalting above measure means that Paul's ministry was doing more than everybody else. His, he had such great revelation and such great anointing and power and gifting in his life. His ministry was excelling. His ministry was just being just going crazy in producing results and converts and healings and miracles. The gospel was going forth everywhere he went. It was shaking the world. And what would you do if you were the devil and you had some uh, man of God who with great humility and great experience and great revelation was just messing up your darkness? Well, you would hit him, wouldn't you? You would try to attack. But how many know you can't attack Paul with sickness? Not possible with the revelation he had. Huh? When you have that level of revelation of redemption, sickness bounces off you so quick and so easy. There's not a chance that Paul, knowing what Jesus bore on his behalf and teach. I mean, you read the Gospels, you read about great redemption. He knew what he had in Christ. There's no chance the enemy could take him out, because wouldn't you want to? I mean, if you were the devil, let's get... I mean, this guy's already saved, but let's get him to heaven quick. And so, let's get him a disease, let's get him something terminal, and we'll just knock him out of here. Couldn't do it. He would have if he could have. You know that's the case. By the way, he'd do that to you and I too, if he could. You think the devil wants you saved on planet Earth? No, you're a threat to him. You're a danger to the kingdom of darkness. He can't just do anything he wants. So I'm rejoicing just the fact that we're here. Hallelujah. It means the devil hasn't been able to be successful and take us out. And we're going to live long and live strong and fulfill the will of God for our lives. And one day we'll be up in heaven, but that time will come. Amen. It will get there when the, when the time is right, when, when we're done, when we finished our course and run our race, and where the Lord comes and interrupts us right in the middle of this. We're, we're going to be there, but in the meantime, stay here as long as you can. Why? Because of what you know. 
And the older the older you get, the longer you should stay. If that makes sense. <laughs> Meaning, the longer you've been here, if you've been walking with God, you're of greater value to the planet. Yeah? Because of what you know. I mean, God used me 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Not quite 30 years. Well, as far as in ministry goes. Uh, doing what I do in full-time ministry. Use me in other areas, I guess. Uh, but he used me then. But I'll, I tell you, I'm more valuable now. Why? Why? I'm not patting myself on my... No, I just know more. I do. I've had more experiences with God. I know the Word. I, I'm, I, have, I have experience. And so now, it's a sweet spot. Wait till I'm 80. Come to that service. <laughs> well, you know, I just hope to be of greater value. Same thing with you. If you're walking with God, come on now. The further we go, the stronger we get. Not pitter pitter out to the end. No, strong to the end. Amen. Even if you walk slower or whatever, or drive in my lane slower, or <laughs> but strong in the spirit. You know how to pray. You know how to believe God. Spiritual strength is worth something. How'd I get off on that? Anyway, I was saying Satan would have Satan was coming after Paul because he was exalted above measure. His 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 ministry was going beyond the usual mark. We, uh, it's been said like this before, and I've used this before. Uh, it, it would be like if everyone in here, we all got a, a, a baseball, okay, and we all and, and let's just say you know no wall there. We all got a baseball. And we're all going to have a distance throwing contest. All right, and we all take that ball and we throw it as far as we can. All right, and some people get it out into the parking lot, and someone gets it all the way over to uh, commercial court. Maybe someone with a great arm they bounce it off event rant over there, and uh, and then and then Pastor Doug gets up here, and he takes the ball and he throws it to Fairview. We would say he was exalted above measure. He went beyond the usual mark. And that's really what was happening with Paul's ministry here. He was doing so much, going so far. And so what happened? The enemy said, I've got to do something and I can't kill him. I can't take him out. He knows too much. He ha he's walking with God. He knows the rights of his redemption. He knows the authority of Jesus' name. I can't kill him. I can't take... So what am I going to do? I'm going to send one of my, my demon uh, lieutenants out there to just dog him everywhere he goes. To, tr to follow him into every city and everywhere. I'm going to try to stir people up against him. And that's what happened. And that, that's when he said, there was given to me a stinking thorn in the flesh. Now, it's not literal. That's a figure of speech. You can read it in other parts of the Bible. It always referred to people. But in this case, it, it says specifically, it is a messenger of Satan. The thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan. I know if you've been taught in religion, you've probably been told that that was a sickness and all kinds of things. One, it just doesn't say that. Two, it's not consistent with the rest of Scripture. But it literally does say it was the messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. What's the context? Shipwrecks and beatings and whippings and all kinds of trouble wherever he went to try to get him to slow down, try to get him to stop, try to get him to give up the ministry that God had given him. Try to get him to one of these days say, enough is enough. Forget it. I didn't sign up for this. I'm done. 
but he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Thank God he didn't do it. And, uh, and, and so it, it goes on to say, and, and by the way, if you find yourself dealing with things and people and, and things, situations coming against you, if it's, the, if it's a disease or poverty or one of those things that we've been redeemed from, use the name of Jesus real quick, huh? Sometimes with people, though, that's a little more difficult. I can't just, I can't just bind people up. I just bind you up. You know, cast you out. Well, my authority's not over people. My authority's, well, over things in the earth and, and over demons. Yours is, to, you know, in Jesus' name. That's how authority works. Anyway, uh, verse 8 says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, how many understand when, when he uh, pleaded with the Lord three times that, that that might depart, that what might depart? The messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. How many know if the Lord would have said, okay, sure, Paul, take care of that for you, then we would all be doing that today. And it wouldn't be supported by any scripture except for that, which, of course, it's not because it didn't happen that way. In other words, when the enemy comes after a person, we pray to God that he would take it away. Uh, that's not how that works. You don't pray about the devil. You never pray about God taking away a demon after you. God doesn't take away demons. Jesus defeated the devil and handed the keys to us, and now we take care of demons. Yeah? I, I, know, I know that's kind of summation <laughs> that's kind of real quick but that's how the that's how the kingdom of god works that's why we said earlier and then the, then the lord helped us by saying more things about uh, the enemy causing division and so forth how it's not lord i pray that you take this away no you don't do that that's not how it works you could pray three times and it still wouldn't work <laughs> and tap your heels <laughs> and it still would why not because it's not the will of God. That's because he doesn't want it to happen. Not because he doesn't want to give someone uh, a victory in a situation. It just doesn't work that way. There is God's part. And then there's ours taking the word, taking his name by his spirit, dealing with things in Jesus' name. That's the way Jesus did it. He didn't pray for people. He didn't pray for their healing. He didn't pray for their deliverance. He spoke. And he cast out. And Paul did that. He spoke to people. Rise up. Get up. Come out. And he taught us to use that name. Yeah? And so, when you read that, and you say, and, and Paul's explaining what happened to him or how he approached this. The Lord, get rid of this. Lord, take this away. Uh, he, the Lord can't just take that away. That's not how that works. That's why whenever you see, if you ever hear someone reading through this, and they say, and the Lord said no. I've heard people do that. I've heard it on the radio. On the radio one time years ago, someone I thought, oh, this is worse. I'm going to turn on, somebody turn on ACDC or something. Get something more edifying. <laughs> because the person all they were saying is God said, no, Paul, no, Paul, no, Paul. Please, God, please, God, please, God, no, Paul, no, Paul. That's not what it says. There's no no in the word grace. Grace is not a no. Grace is a yes. It's, but it's just not, Lord, you do it. It's Paul. Use my grace, man. 
My grace is sufficient for you. When you are weak, now is your opportunity. This is why I say it's not just about physical strength or Paul just had this mental toughness. It is about him yielding to the very grace of God. That's what enabled him to do endure hardness. That's what enabled him to be strong in the midst of persecution. And even when the, den- when the enemy was coming and dogging him and following him every- everywhere he went, he prayed and God gave him a beautiful answer. Paul, I'm giving you my grace, man. My, this is called strengthening grace. It enables you to stand in the midst of an attack. It, it enables you to stand and overcome this, not by asking God to do it, but by using His grace and overcoming this trial with His ability. Amen. If you ever you feel weak, whether it's whatever the situation is, let that almost be an encouragement to you. Not that you stay weak, but if you feel it, now it's, oh, okay, now I know what to do. I'm weak because I'm, I'm relying on myself. I'm weak because I'm within my own ability. But Lord, I believe your grace is sufficient for me. Amen. I believe your grace strengthens me. Your grace enables me and, and gives me the ability to overcome in any situation, in any circumstance. And as soon as we roll over onto His grace, now we're laughing again. Do you notice the the end of this? uh, I didn't read. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. Well, that's stupid. Unless it causes you to look to His grace. You understand that? You wouldn't naturally say, Oh, I just love problems. He's saying, I do this for this reason. I take pleasure in infirmities. Uh in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am, I am weak, then what? Then I am strong. See, that's, again, that's get misstated all the time. People, they write, people write songs about it and all kinds. And they say, when, when we are weak, then he is strong. Ah! That's not what that said. The end result is not me. But you're strong, Lord. You're strong. God was strong before, during, and after my life. The goal here is not just to acknowledge God's strength. He said, when I am weak, then I am strong. When am I strong? Because of my recognition of my own inability, I rest in His ability, and the end result is me being strong. That is always the goal of God intervening in our lives. He remains God. He remains who He is. He never falters and never fails and never gets tired or never gets hungry or never needs to sleep. He is God. The issue is us. Who needs strength? I need strength. Amen. So the grace of God is is, is designed to ultimately make me strong, make you strong. And in that, we overcome. Praise God. So, hallelujah. If the enemy had been throwing things against you and working against your life and you, you recognize this, well, that's a good start to recognize where, you're, where, where the problem comes from. Recognize the disruption. Recognize the enemy's influence. And then, let's see it clearly. Let's see it right. Because he'll try to get you to give up, to quit, to throw in the towel, to leave your place, to get out of where God wants you to be. Why? Stop the transfer. 
Stop your upgrade. Stop your promotion. Eh? Stop the uh, the uh, so, the. Uh, uh, the yeah, I'm not thinking of another word for transfer there. That stop the impartation that comes through that association. There are some things we're supposed to get through God ordained assignments, places, and relationships. No matter what it is, uh, we we recognize what's trying to get us out. And we say, you know what? You know what? Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take on some soldier-like qualities. By the grace of God, even though I feel insufficient, I feel ineffective or or weak, I'm gonna rest upon the grace of God. Because His word to Paul is is, to say, is really to us. Whether you've ever heard Him say that, He said it right here. My grace is enough for you. My grace is sufficient. It will strengthen you to and enable you to stand no matter what goes on. Amen? And then we stay in the right place at the right time, and God's will comes to pass. Thank you, Lord. His house is built. It is a house <laughs> that is not built in vain. He guards the city, and it is protected. Amen. Amen.